Shalom and welcome to Parashah's present, the weekly fix for spiritual lessons taken from the Parashah. Grab your coffee and let's take a look at the weekly Torah reading. This week we'll be looking at Parashat Vayashef, which runs from Genesis chapter 37 verse 1 to chapter 40 verse 23. Enjoy it and don't forget to give us your feedback on Facebook, Twitter or via our website. One man went to buy donuts for his whole department. Another was sick that day, and yet another's car broke down. Whatever the reason, these amazing coincidences meant that they, and many more, were absent as the Twin Towers in New York were destroyed by terrorists on that fateful day in 2001. Just imagine how different it would have been if that one guy hadn't been so generous, or if the other had been healthy, or if the other guy's car hadn't broken down. In fact, in every tragedy we read about, there are a myriad of tiny events that lead up to it and millions of coincidences that mean that some die while others survive. Is it chance or luck? Perhaps, as some people think, karma. Or maybe it's just the random outworkings of our random universe. Or is it? Coincidence is also the theme of this week's Torah portion. This week, our focus moves from Jacob to look at his family. Jacob's difficult family history has led him to the point of having 12 different sons from four different women, when in fact all he wanted was to marry one woman, and so he would have ended up with two sons. Jacob follows the bad example of his parents and ends up favoring Rachel's sons, Joseph and Benjamin, more than the others. He buys Joseph the famous coat of many colors to make it clear to all and sundry who his favorite is. Joseph's brothers are, understandably, not best pleased. Joseph also doesn't do much to endear himself to them and even brings a bad report to his father about them. He then makes a point of telling them about two of his dreams where he sees them bowing down to him. What a brat! And so the brothers have had enough. The sibling rivalry in the line of Abraham boils over yet again and the brothers plot to get rid of Joseph. After throwing him into a pit, they change their mind and sell him to human traffickers who happen to be passing by. Tampering with the evidence means that their father believes the lie that Joseph was mauled by a wild animal and it looks like Joseph is long gone. Gone and forgotten. Except he's not. His father is devastated and mourns his loss continually. It seems like God hasn't forgotten him either because on his arrival in Egypt, Joseph is coincidentally sold to a high-ranking government official, Potiphar, who ultimately puts Joseph in charge of his house seems like things are on the up for our new hero. But then comes the plot twist. It seems like Potiphar's wife has taken quite the shining to their new house guest. Joseph has to put up with sexual harassment each day as she tempts him. Finally, she catches him alone in the house. Joseph makes the right decision and runs away, but the huntress has already won. When her husband arrives later, she fabricates a story and shows Jacob's ripped shirt as evidence. Potiphar is not a happy bunny. The parasha ends on a downer with Joseph in an Egyptian prison left to rot for a crime he didn't commit. As we read the story, we can't help but notice all the coincidences. Joseph happens to have strange dreams and then rather than keeping them to himself, he tells his brothers. Rather than killing him, his brothers sell him to slave traders. Rather than getting sold to the government or to some rich but insignificant buyer, he gets sold to Potiphar. Rather than believing his story, Potiphar chooses to believe his morally reprehensible and seemingly loveless wife. 
Rather than getting a prison warden who hates his job and the prisoners, he gets one who sees his potential and puts him in charge of prison life. At every step along the way, it seems that Joseph's life could have gone in a very different direction. And yet, by a set of circumstances beyond his control, Joseph finds himself in prison, far, far away from home, and yet clearly not forgotten by God. I can't help but thinking that it's the same with our lives. So many choices every day, so many circumstances inside but also outside of our control have brought us to where we are today. Along the way, we've hurt people and people have hurt us. Perhaps we're just a product of our circumstances, as some sociologists would have us believe. And it all seems a little unfair, doesn't it? The top jobs don't necessarily go to the people who are the most talented or best qualified. The whole thing seems to be a bit random, a tangled spider web with very little sense of rhyme or reason, the randomness of the universe. Or is it? What if the universe was not random, but rather that there was a designer, a master builder who's been weaving his story throughout history, a designer who is powerful enough to give us free will and to take our free will into account, and yet who finally generates the outcome he wants, the best outcome. What if coincidence had a name? But we're not finished with the parasha yet. There's one last twist in this week's plot. Both of Joseph's cellmates, Pharaoh's butler and baker, have dreams which, with God's help, Joseph is able to interpret. It seems like God hasn't forgotten him after all. And who knows when a skill like dream interpretation might come in handy. Pharaoh's butler is subsequently released and promptly forgets to put in a good word about Joseph to Egypt's king. But it doesn't matter. The stage is set for next week. Over the next weeks, all of those thousands and thousands of coincidences will come together to give us an amazing picture of this designer, God, who has a perspective on life that we simply cannot have. And this is precisely the point. When we think of coincidence and the random nature of it, we can't help but thinking that it's unfair. But if God is behind coincidence and he is maneuvering every piece into place like a master watchmaker, then none of it is random and none of it is unfair because as the just judge of the universe, he's working all things for good. You and I are not small cogs in the vast machine of the random universe. God has a purpose and plan for our lives. And yet he offers us and others the choice. Are we willing to put our trust in him and what he's done for us through his son Yeshua or are we going to insist on our own way to our ultimate destruction? God's ultimate power on the one hand, and yet our free choice on the other. It's hard to understand, but perhaps C.S. Lewis, the famous writer of the Narnia Chronicles, sums it up best when he says, You will certainly carry out God's purposes however you act, but it makes a difference to you whether you serve like Judas, the follower of Yeshua who betrayed him, or like John, the follower of Yeshua whom he loved. How will you choose to live? That's it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed our Parasha Espresso. Please don't forget to subscribe to make sure you get the latest episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so please get in touch with us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or via our website at youdenfearjesus.com. Dot de.